Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Today we are talking about trial and error in your career. Lisa, what brought us to this whole idea? Like what trial and error seems like kind of a random topic from the first get-go. Like where did we come from when we were thinking of this? Well, I'm actually going to pass this back to you because this was something that you had actually brought up. So Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about trial and error in your recent history? Yeah, why not? I will do that. See, this is us like relearning how to have a one-on-one episode. (laughs) So for the dear listener who's been catching all of our guest stuff, we'll get into something that is a bit different today. So um, this idea came really organically last week when I was hosting a webinar on connecting with people on LinkedIn in a more effortless way. And someone asked me a question at the end around how do I reach out to someone when they're not really responding to my initial invite or my initial personalized message. You know, I'm trying to get a hold of someone and I can't via LinkedIn. What do I do? And I said kind of glibly at first, try something different. <laughs> like something in your approach is going to have to be a bit different in order for you to have success. And if that's not, if, if what you're doing right now isn't working, then yeah, it's time to try and, and evaluate other things. Um, so that it kind of spawned us having a discussion around the many applications of trial and error. And mm-hmm. as I was kind of mapping out this show in my head, I was going back to our episode with Jonathan Stark around mission, vision, objective, strategy and tactics in your career and just sort of as a way of organizing uh, my mind and when we look at um, particularly those last three areas so an objective for something that we're doing in our personal or professional lives is basically a goal and a strategy is a way of getting to that goal in some way some overarching set of tactics and tactics are at the bottom sort of most granular level of what we can do our actions and so there's trial and error at the level of really all three of these you can have a goal in mind that might make sense to you for right now in the present in the short-term future and, and somewhere down the line you realize that the goal isn't taking you where you want to go the strategy that might be taking you to a goal might have to change and the tactics which can change quite quickly they're revealing a lot of errors and so i'll kind of stop my intro there but it's really around a mindset of using a trial and error approach to solve problems yeah and i can give some examples of that in my own life i mean just thinking about career changes in general mm-hmm. i've definitely done a lot of trial and error i think i've had close to 15 jobs since I started working. And so, you know, I I did a whole bunch of different things that I was interested in. And and it wasn't like I knew that I wanted to be a barista or work at a record store, but I wanted to try those things out and see where it took me. So it can be at a big high level like that, or it could also be things like at the beginning of COVID, I decided to try out a webinar on Mondays and I tried it out, didn't really work for me. So I let that one go. Yeah, so, we could definitely talk about trial and error from the standpoint of entrepreneurship because my goodness, there is a lot of it. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's it's true though for people who are 
trying to create some sort of a change in their careers and they just don't know. Maybe they want to get promoted. They want to change into a different career uh, field altogether, leave kind of what they're doing now. And if you can sort of adopt a trial and error mindset as you go through the journey, uh, I think it moves you a lot faster toward mm -hmm. where you want to get to than if you're just sitting there trying to calculate you know, measure 10 times and cut once. A lot of the time people just measure an infinite number of times and never cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think the trial and error approach of, you know, like, let's just, let's take a nice educated guess on something here. I'm thinking about like a conversation I often have with someone who is talking about making a career change or is, is deciding between a couple of different career paths is, can you experience what life in a particular job might be like through a conversation, uh, informational interviews with people who are already in the field, could be getting a chance to job shadow and have some, you know, a day in the life experience of someone who is in a field of interest. That's that's trial and error being used effectively to then go on and make bigger decisions around objective strategy, tactics, and such. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's the only way to know for sure if something is going to work. Like we all have our <laughs> our desires to be super accurate with our predictions and all the data that we can possibly find on something that tells us, oh, like this is definitely the, the natural clear path for me to follow forward. But that's happened many, many, many times in human history and it's still not gone the way people thought it would. And I think it's just sort of a natural part of the human, the human condition is trial and error. <laughs> how boring would it be if you knew how everything was going to turn out all the time? Oh yeah. Okay. That's a good, good point. You just made me think of minority report. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. No. Sci-fi really, really quickly. It basically is, I mean, I won't spoil it by saying this, but basically there are these beings who can predict the future and a, a police force is basically acting on their predictions of the future and arresting mm. people before crimes even happen. Interesting. That would be really like, it, so it's, I would almost argue it's not just boring, but like potentially dystopian <laughs> because totally. it's, a, it's a very dystopian movie. Um, yeah. And that, <laughs> that leads us into a little bit of like things that can come up when you're trying trial and error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, perfectionism, fear of failure. Those are a couple of things that I've seen with clients who are, hesitating or, or avoiding trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think goes back to sort of what's the, what's the narrative inside your head when it comes to looking at failure? Do you view it as something that's going to hurt you or do you see it as something that's going to help you because it's a night and day difference in terms of what you will do, what you'll undertake when you sort of view the highs and the lows of trial and error through, I guess, a more positive lens. Like what can we take away from a loss, quote unquote, mm -hmm. that might allow us to move forward faster the next time. And when we think about innovation in general, and I, I often think back to inventions of like the light bulb mm. or very basic things that we experience in our daily lives today, those things didn't come from somebody knowing exactly how to do it. They had to try and fail a number of times before they got to that point. So many times in some cases, right? And like you can quit um, before you've reached your goal 
And this is going to maybe segue a little bit into a topic I've, I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, Seth Godin's The Dip, and the idea that there is a gap between uh, where people who start out in a field or an endeavor or a project are versus where the people who are already sort of best in the world in that in that space. And there's basically a graph that on... Um, if I get this right, the x-axis basically is the amount of um, time and effort that has to be applied to create progress, and then the amount of progress is on the y-axis, and it sort of starts off by going from sort of the beginning of the graph at zero, zero, and you push up, you, you, there's some incremental effort that's applied leading to incremental results, and then there's this long protracted drop in output and that is totally normal and it's it's like a I'll try and summarize it quickly it's it's a combination of people getting really burnt out it's a combination mm. of like the hardships of a journey just sort of adding up and pulling people back and out of where they were going and if you can kind of the reward if you can push through that dip is to get to the other side of it where there's only like a small concentration of people who are truly the best at what they do and that's when there is a really big spike in the graph. So that final last bit of effort generates a ton of result. Um, but if you don't have like the mindset of there's going to be trial and error throughout this whole long process, you're never going to make it to the other side of the dip. For sure. And it actually made me think we're, we've just started a vegetable garden. Hmm. And when you plant a seed, you prepare the garden, you put the soil in, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And then you wait, basically. You've planted the seed and you don't see any results for mm -hmm. a week or two. And then all of a sudden it starts poking through and the amount of growth over the last week has seemed incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's a great example. And I, I think we could probably relate the idea of farming versus hunting and I don't know if you've heard this sort of analogy, but like there are all kinds of activities that look and resemble hunting more than they do farming. So the idea of hunting being um, you're going out and let's just say from a sales standpoint, if I wanted to establish a new set of leads for people um, in companies, right, in my day job, I help place interns in IT into companies where they can grow their skills and begin their careers. So I'm always trying to meet people who might be able to be great fits for our students. And that is really a process of hunting when I go out and do a whole bunch of direct outreach messaging and I try and connect with people and get on the phone with them. Versus uh, more of a farming method where someone has maybe created, I've seen this recently, they've created kind of a brand and a space around the program that they are putting out um, so people are aware of what they are in terms of, you know, a place to potentially find IT students who could be great resources in their company. Can they, can they go to that on a regular basis? And from like the standpoint of the person who is working in the school, are they planting the seeds of a brand that grows and creates awareness around what their cause is without them always going sort of one conversation at a time? sometimes quite coldly trying to create progress can they instead like plant a seed metaphorically and 
work on getting it to grow into something that's bigger than what just one hunting outcome after another would create. And it sounds like it's a bit of both when you think of trial and error. Absolutely. Because you want to be planting some seeds and you also want to be doing a bit of hunting and going and actively outreaching while also building things that can, you can harvest later. Yep. Yep. And like a good, more specific concrete example for a lot of people might be like an online job application is hunting, Mm. but, but networking behind the scenes is farming. Mm. that's like probably the easiest comparison in a nice concrete manner that I can draw up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like you, you go out and you submit your application and you're going to, you're going to know relatively quickly whether or not there, there was success or not in that effort. Um, but a lot of the time, as we know, networking is the cleaner, more higher percentage path to getting a job, but it takes a lot of work leading up to, the actual referral, the actual moment where you create some, use some of the leverage of the relationship to create an opportunity for yourself. It doesn't come, you know, three days after the job has been posted. It's usually something that's weeks to months to maybe even years in the making. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I mean, the, the big question that comes up, I think for a lot of people is how long do you stay with something? If you're, going through trial and error mm-hmm. and what are you what do you think about this it is a really really tough question because there's times where you could spend too long on something and there's times where you could spend not enough time on something mm-hmm. so for example when i tried this webinar at the beginning i had kind of set four weeks as the trial period for myself which it, it Maybe it's too short. Maybe it's too long. It's it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a bit of trial and error that comes with trial and error. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like there's a chance for reflection at the end of every trial. So if something goes, you, you try something out, it doesn't go your way. You have a moment to then say like, what potentially led to this not going uh, the way I wanted it to? why do I feel maybe a little bit of awkward energy around this? Because sometimes like the, when you look at the error from like an internal standpoint, like, I don't know about you, but if you're, you're promoting this webinar series and did you yourself, um, as you were going through that process, feel really excited by it? Like the first Monday came around, how, how was your visceral response to it happening? And that's a really great point because I wasn't <laughs> super excited about it. And yeah. it's a great, a great point of like self check-in when you mm-hmm. get, so you set a time frame for yourself, whatever that time frame is. When you get to that point, you have an opportunity to say, am I making this decision out of fear? Because I'm afraid that my ego is getting in the way that I feel like I'm not good enough for this, or is this legitimately not working? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Is there something that's sort of fundamentally flawed in the way that this has been laid out? Um, that could have be applied to so many different things, but I think the, the big underlying point here is that we're going to have trial and error on an internal basis when we do something. And then there's mm-hmm. going to be trial and error from an external perspective as well. It's like yeah. I, I had a webinar, this webinar last week, had the highest number of people uh, that I'd ever seen in a webinar from from my production standpoint, which was super exciting. Um, 
and I was pretty energized doing it. So it's sort of like a, it's a win on both how I feel about it and a desire to then go ahead and, and move forward. But then there's also like an, a tangible outcome that comes around with, you know, having a conversation with a few dozen people and seeing maybe I can, I can do this again and continue to build that conversation as it pertains to what I'm doing with my business. So mm-hmm. I think it's important having, having that check-in. For sure. And it can also be used, like if we think about the job search, if you're sending out LinkedIn connection requests, mm-hmm. you might use a certain template to start out, but AB testing is really important where you have two versions that you're sending out. So you've got one that's going to a certain set of people and you have another that's going to a certain set of people. And mm-hmm. you set again, a time frame for yourself to say, how many responses am I getting? Which one's working more? Have I gotten any feedback on either of these? And based on that external feedback, then you can make adjustments and again, try something new. Absolutely. Yes. Like iterating on whatever your process is. And we can use this show as a bit of an example as well. It's like every week we go out and we try and create a slightly better version of our show. Obviously the topics change and uh, every show is unique but we're always trying to become a little bit better in terms of our ability as speakers, asking the questions of guests, promoting the show once it goes live. There's little steps that we're always trying to take. And so the idea of trial and iterate or trial Mm -hmm. error and and iterate, I think is sort of a nice extension of this mindset we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Seeing progress over the long run as as you move forward with each attempt. Absolutely. Have you used this in your own career? In terms of trial and error, in I'm thinking about in my football coaching career, I mean, every week there's an element of trial and error. So in a sport where there is sort of one concrete performance uh, measurement, right? You have a game. Mm. That's, that's what that is. You have a game a week and you're measuring your performance and what you did that week represents a trial and sometimes the trial leads you to winning literally on the scoreboard at the end of the week or not sometimes you win while still having done a number of things that could be termed errors and they just mm. didn't show up on the scoreboard uh but yeah every every single week there's some cycle of let's let's try let's reflect first of all on what we did last time let's try something that's a bit different Let's see how it turns out. And maybe we have a week where something doesn't really go our way and it shows up on the scoreboard and it, it, the game ends in a loss for us. Uh, maybe it's not just right away that we can apply our learning. Maybe it's something that comes that we come back to four or five, six weeks down the road. Maybe we have a similar type of opponent or similar constraints that, that we had in that previous trial. And it's about like, can you have some sort of institutional memory around what you can do better based off of past trials? So I think it's really important to not forget your your past trial and error experiences. Mm-hmm. There's tons and tons of knowledge just sitting there waiting for you to, to find. For sure. You also made me think of interviews mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that because people often are afraid that they're only getting one chance mm-hmm. at a company So trial and error doesn't really work in that sense. But at the same time, every company that you meet, you're learning something, you're trying something, you're seeing if it works and Mm -hmm. you can take that information on to the next interview. Yeah, 
sometimes sometimes it's just practice yeah. for the next one. It's not if it doesn't go your way, there will probably be another opportunity for you. If you created one opportunity, I believe that you can create as many opportunities as you're willing to kind of put the effort into and and try and obtain. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're continuing to create opportunities based off of what you were doing in the past, yeah, just take what you've learned from that past episode of being at the interview table and have a better interview the next time. So on that topic, when people mm -hmm. are going to do trial and error in their career, people often think of like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, what would you say is the worst thing that can happen? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it'll be unique, I think, to the particular circumstance. I think most of the time, the worst that can happen is something that's in our imagination and not in reality. Mm -hmm. So we can imagine ourselves uh, trying to make a career change and we just, you know, we're not competent enough for whatever reason. We lose our job, our first job in that new space and maybe we're now struggling being unemployed you know out on the street no like all of that that's that's maybe the worst case scenario that a lot of people imagine yeah but it's not true for a lot of people statistically mm -hmm. we talked with simone nordegraf i guess that was in last week's episode and she had an experience where a coach sort of said can you map out uh, you know, 10 different potential outcomes for this move, this decision you're making. And I think that's, that's a great exercise is that when people can either look really closely at what the different worst case scenarios are mm -hmm. and evaluate, you know, one next to the other and realize like, are any of these really rational or not? Like what's the mm -hmm. real percentage chance of these happening? I think that frees up a lot of your, energy and mindset to then just go and move forward and stop getting stuck on either a perfectionist sort of streak or just a fear of failure. Absolutely. And then also bringing in the best case scenario. You can mm -hmm. assume 10 worst case scenarios, but then you also should assume 10 best case scenarios because they're equally as likely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I can't think of a reason to, to disagree on the idea that the best case is just as likely as the worst case for sure they're both they're both figments of our imagination right so yeah uh, you can let it go as far as you want in either direction it's going to come down to the action that you actually take throughout trial and error to actually arrive at something whether it's putting you in a position where you're better off or worse off quote unquote mm -hmm. that's a great point yeah so i mean at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's, it all ties into kind of like the mindset, I think of having a great career. And we talk about growth mindset sometimes. If, if you're not willing to see yourself be able to change, like if you can't imagine yourself evolving, mm -hmm. I can't see how you would be naturally inclined to adopt trial and error as a method for anything really. Yeah. Which I think is really tough. For sure. And it also doesn't have to be just shots in the dark. Like they can be informed trial and error. Yes. It can be educated and researched trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And I, I think with the asterisk there being 
you know, that you don't get so stuck in the research phase right. that action doesn't happen. But that's, yes, there's, <laughs> it, it, that is the tough balance. Like that is the thing that's really, really difficult to answer is um, when have you researched enough in air quotes? Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to have to take that leap, uh, like Jonathan Stark said, and just sort of live with what happens. But yes, you can definitely measure a bunch of times and then cut once. Just make sure that at some point you do actually make the cut. Otherwise, you know, the house doesn't get built. <laughs> and I'm working with an IPEC coach, Stacy Hartman, and mm. she has a rule. It's the one to four rule. So mm. for every one hour of learning, you need to take four hours of action. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. I like that ratio for sure. In part because I think that in four hours of action, you create additional layers of learning throughout that, right? Like that's kind of what we're getting at here is it's not like it's one siloed hour of learning and four siloed hours of action of action on its own. Like there's, there's a process of deepening your understanding of what you're doing and what you have learned by actually applying it. So that's a really great... Exactly. Does she have any particular um, explanation or thought around that one to four ratio? Don't quote me on this, but sure. I find that, um, or I believe it's around the action piece being the most important mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. because you can get stuck in learning. And just like you said, learning from action, you get so much more from it Mm -hmm. and you're also in motion. Yeah, that's, yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think creating a a very big, what might appear to be like an an unbalanced imbalance of learning to action in the way that she has done it is probably what most people need to kind of get unstuck from the overlearning that a lot of people are doing. Right, like as much as I love putting on webinars or uh, writing content or, you know, having our show go out that people can listen to and learn from, hopefully there's value in listening to what we're doing. But at the same time, if you are never applying anything that we're saying to your life, then it's like we're not actually that helpful. It's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, there has to there has to be application. There has to be some degree of trial and error based off of measurement, research, all those good things. So there's really like almost a spectrum here. I feel like of of process here. The there's the measurement research component. There's the actual trial and error element, and then there's the sort of reflection, mm-hmm. iteration, reiteration, which I would say then probably feeds back in a loop to researching your next move and sort of a cycle of change yeah absolutely i love that cool the things you just stumble on in recorded conversations i love them (laughs) i'm sure i'm not the first person who's figured that out not even the millionth person that's figured that out but that's that i think is in itself just a nice model to adopt when you look at trial and error absolutely cool what else comes to mind anything in particular No, I I think that there's, like we've kind of talked about, there's a lot of different applications for this. If you're Mm -hmm. thinking specifically about a career, you can use this in your outreach. You can use this in your interviewing tactics. You can use this in your emailing internally. You can use this in your communication style. If you're 
marketing, if you're an entrepreneur and you're sending out marketing, A-B testing is important. If you're in sales, mm -hmm. A-B testing is important. So there, there's a million and one applications yeah. for this. For sure. I think when you look sort of at the internal development of your career, maybe within an organization, uh, I think there can be trial and error in terms of the relationships you build. Um, while I do really believe in the idea that there is sort of an, an infinite amount of, of relationships that are out there and that are available to a person that they can go and grow and develop and deepen, there are only so many hours in the day. And mm -hmm. at some point, if you choose to create a strong tie with someone, that might not actually happen. Like it's a two way, you know, it takes two to dance there to tango as the saying goes. And not everyone that you want to be in close relationship with will, will reflect that same belief. Uh, so I, I do think because relationships are, are tremendous levers on a career and on a life in general, mm -hmm. there, there's another on a longer scale application of, of trial and error. If, if it's not working for whatever reason, like it's okay to, to say, you know what, I'm going to go and try and apply my effort towards creating a strong tie somewhere else with someone different. It's mm -hmm. a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I guess <laughs> so many of, the, so many of the things we talk about have or could be related to a dating analogy and right <laughs> yeah. like, like there it is right there is just how you know how many dates are you going to give this new person in your life in terms of a chance and is is this potential relationship worth trying out and even seeing and again the only way to know f how something will turn out for sure is to try it yeah but there there's our dating analogy that we I love it. I feel like we could get into most of our episodes with, but um, <laughs> yeah. So true. But yeah, if, um, if anything else comes up for you, dear listener, don't be afraid to reach out to us because I think it would be a fun conversation to just sort of hear some of the trials that you're considering or going through and what are the quote unquote errors? Because I mean, just that word error sometimes is enough to slow people down. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's about looking at it as trial and learning or trial and progress or trial and iterate as we've talked about. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's all I've got. This is like a nice quick episode based off of what we've done in the recent past. Agreed. Yeah. So we'll be doing this every other week as we move forward, balancing our guest interviews with a little bit more one-on-one -on -one dialogue. And if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like us to address, feel free to reach out to us, LinkedIn, email, websites, whatever, uh, and we can add it to our content bank and get it in the lineup. So that's good for me. You, Lisa? I'm, yeah, good to go. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week for the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. We hope nope. you're doing <laughs> uh, it kills me every time it's, our, it's the fact that our logo hasn't changed right it's just the fact that it's weird <laughs> for me okay cool okay <clears throat> try that again sure <laughs> uh for the career builders podcast i'm mike bird i'm lisa plain thanks so much for being with us we hope you're well we hope you'll be with us again soon Bye for now.
Do you find the insights of these episodes helpful and would like more of them? Then go to coachwazo.com slash subscribe to sign up for my weekly Sunday newsletter, Take Flight. You'll get my very best and most intimate insights that will help you land your next job and grow your career. Once again, that's C-O-A-C-H-O-I-S-E-A-U dot com slash subscribe.